Welcome into a Friday night edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoop Ball and the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. I am Damian Barling and I thank you so much for downloading, streaming. I thank you so much for listening. I welcome all the subscribers in. I welcome in all the new listeners. We are so happy that you are here. Uh, unfortunately, we're talking about a loss tonight. A hell of a game, though, by the Sacramento Kings. A hell of a game, period. Uh, Lakers move to 10-2. and two. They get the win over the Sacramento Kings, 99-97. to 97. The Sacramento Kings now fall to 4-7. and seven. Uh, We'll break this game down in-depthly. Uh, we'll talk about what they got coming up next. And spoiler alert, they got the hottest team in the entire National Basketball Association as the Boston Celtics were able to win again tonight. I think it's their 100th win in a row, give or take. Uh, they were able to beat the Golden State Warriors uh, tonight, so we'll look around the night in the NBA. Uh, but let's talk about your Sacramento Kings game. And here, let's let's get right out the gate with it. As always, uh, we'll bring you you know Luke Walton's post game sound. We'll break down you know the game as it progressed and hasn't went along. And we'll just start with this though. I'm probably in the minority here. Which, if you ever listen to my daily sports podcast, you know that's a phrase I have to utter quite a bit. I don't think Harrison Barnes was fouled on that last play by LeBron James. Initially, it looked like he tripped him, but when they showed that other angle that was coming from the baseline, it looked like Harrison Barnes just slipped. And if 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 LeBron caught him, he he caught him like barely on the on the, on the back of the foot. Now I know that's still a trip. I just don't know that that's a, I just don't know how that that's a foul that you call. But I don't think that he touched him. Uh, now you can argue whether Anthony Davis fouled him. I don't think that he did there either. Um, I and truthfully. I don't think Harrison Barnes should have had the ball in that position. It looked like the, uh, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich got the ball into him. There was a play right there to give the ball right back to Bogey. I thought, honestly, as the play started to develop and you saw the space between Bogey and the defender, it was like, oh, oh, we're doing this again. Bogey's going to hit a three for the win. And then Harrison turns and goes to the basket and is like, uh-oh. There's Anthony Davis right down there in the paint. And that was the end of the ball game. Really good game for the Sacramento Kings. I mean, this team is different. This team is very, very different. This is not the team of last year. This is not the team. You know, I, I know we were all disappointed in the 0-5 start. I know we're all disappointed that they're not scoring 130 points per game. But Luke Walton talked about defense. He talked about defense in the preseason. He talked about defense on media day. Uh, after one loss, he talked about defense. After two losses, he talked about being patient with the defense. After three losses, four losses, five losses, he continued to stress the importance of patience and how this team was working to get better on the defensive end. Well, over the course of the last uh, six games, we've seen the team get significantly better on the defensive end. I think that was very evident against uh, Utah. I think it was evident against against Denver, uh, Toronto, and it was evidence uh, tonight against the Los Angeles, or it was evident, excuse me, it was evident tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers as well. This this was a really good defensive game for the Sacramento Kings. It's just, you know, you got LeBron there. And, and LeBron sometimes smells blood. Like Luke Walton put Wayne and Gabriel in the game for, for you know, about five minutes. And the Lakers crowd started salivating. LeBron James noticed this. It's not like he embarrassed, you know, Wayne and Gabriel or anything. But they did try to take advantage of that matchup. It wasn't an explosive day. From Anthony Davis, it, it really wasn't an explosive day by anyone. Uh, the Kings' defense was actually that good. The Lakers are amongst uh, the league's best when it comes to uh, 
points in the paint. And while the, the, the Lakers did outscore the Kings tonight, 42 to 36, that's actually well below the Lakers average of 50 plus points in the paint per game. We noted uh, at the end of our last Sacramento Kings podcast, and we noted uh, on the Daily Sports podcast uh, as, as we were getting ready for this game that Dwight Howard has played significantly better this year. I think he's played significantly better than any of could have could have imagined, both offensively and defensively. And the Los Angeles Lakers are very, very good uh, defensively. And I think... Again, just as a basketball fan, this game was entertaining as hell. I thought both teams did a great job. And, and one thing that I'll really praise the Kings for here in this game is the Lakers made a number of runs virtually in every quarter. Uh, the Lakers, you know, they, they would push the lead, you know, up to six, up to seven, up to eight. They would push the lead up to 10 or the Kings would be up by 10 and the Lakers would cut it all the way back down to two or they would, uh, you know, they, the Lakers would be up 10 and, and, and the Kings would cut it down to two. And you would see that all throughout the game. No matter what happened, no matter what spectrum, no matter what part of the run the Kings were on, whether they were, uh, dishing out the points or they were getting the points put back in their face. They 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 didn't waver. I never felt like they panicked. Even when the Lakers were up, uh, even when the Lakers were up double digits, I, I, I never felt like they lost their composure. I just felt, you know, the game looked like they had a couple of bad possessions. The Lakers or LeBron were able to take advantage and then the Kings would come fighting back. Kings got off to a fast start. 13-6 started the game before Frank Vogel called the timeout five minutes in and uh, a three-point play from Danny Green kind of got things going for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, Yogi Ferrell got some run tonight. Not only did Yogi Ferrell get some run, but he played very well. And again, if you were listening to the last uh, Sacramento Kings podcast here, you know I'm a fan of Yogi Ferrell, and I was really hoping to see uh, a lot more minutes from him. And we did see that tonight. He didn't start the game. Corey Joseph did, and I believe that Corey Joseph started uh, for defensive reasons. And he did a he, fantastic job. He, he he did a really good job defensively, as I think the Sacramento Kings overall, I think they did a good job defensively. Uh, but this was, this I, I love seeing Yogi Ferrell play tonight. I love the amount uh, in which he played. I think he provided a tremendous spark off the bench. We saw him play 29 minutes. We saw Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, he came off the bench as usual. He played 30, 37, point, 37 minutes. And this really felt like uh, Bogey had 18 points. If you had asked me to throw away the box score and tell you what I thought Bogey did, I probably would have given you something significantly higher than 18 points because every one of those 18 felt incredibly impactful in this game that was so, so close. So Yogi Ferrell, he was the sixth man tonight. So it was obviously a conscious effort by Luke Walton, who I joked last week. Maybe he didn't like Yogi Ferrell. I couldn't figure out why he wasn't getting much run, why he was getting so many uh, DNPs, coaches' decisions on the box scores and uh, he he obviously now with De'Aaron Fox out, uh, second game that the Kings have had to play without De'Aaron Fox. Uh, we 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 saw more of an impact here uh, from Yogi Ferrell again. He was the sixth man off the bench, or he was the first man off the bench. He was the sixth man into the game, and it was obviously a a conscious effort by Luke Walton to get Yogi Ferrell involved here. Um, threes in defense. That was that was kind of the. That was kind of the name of the game for the Sacramento Kings in the first quarter. Threes, defense, and then a half-court shot from Harrison Barnes. That helped the Kings take a 10-point lead into the second quarter. Six straight to start the second quarter by the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 
Kings quickly got the lead back. They got up by uh, 10. I think they even pushed it to 13 there at that point before Frank Vogel had to use another timeout. Two minutes later, a 12-0 run and a heavy dose of Kyle Kuzma. That 13-point lead was down to one. But again, the Lakers took the lead after that. I never felt like the Kings folded. I felt like they kept playing hard, particularly on the defensive end. I never felt like they... You know, they panicked. I never felt like they kind of collapsed within themselves. Again, it was just a, a situation where uh, the Lakers would string together a couple of baskets. The Kings would have a couple of bad possessions. Let's go to Luke Walton here post game. Consistent basis lately. It's unfortunate we didn't uh, win, but that's, as of now, that's the best team in the West. And we gave ourselves a chance, and that's really uh, all you're asking for is a, a chance to win. Um, I thought. There was a lot of plays that we we could have executed a little better. Uh, we got their switching took us out of our rhythm a little bit. Uh, we had some open looks we didn't knock down, but I mean that is a big talented team. And I thought our guys uh, we were light on numbers. We had to put guys in that hadn't played much at all, and everyone that checked in fought and competed. And that's uh, that's you know as a coach that's what you, you get really proud to see that type of effort so i'm happy happy with the way we played uh, obviously would prefer to win but uh, we move on got boston sunday i know it's a bad position to be in but what did you see on that last defensive play there um, by them or by us by them. Uh, i mean it is We ran our play. We had a chance. We didn't. We didn't make it. You know, that, all we try to focus on as a team is what we can control, and what we can control is execution, knocking down shots, making the extra pass. Um, you know, Harrison lost his balance. We had Buddy open in the corner, uh, which is kind of what we were looking to get. But Harrison's got the option to take it to the rim. Uh, he 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 got tripped up and. Uh, you know, decided to try to lay it up, which we're all good with. And unfortunately, the AD made a great defensive play. You've talked about the use of your coach's challenge and how you want to try and save it for the fourth quarter when things matter. It looked like there are a couple positions in that game, especially kind of that, that drive to the basket by Buddy. Where what's, your, what's going through your mind in those situations when the game's that close? It, we, the, the problem with it is you lose a timeout. And when we're down bodies the way we are, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saving those timeouts to get our guys rest and to advance the ball. I need at least one at the end of the game to advance the ball. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that came close a couple of times to using it. Um, but I, I didn't feel strongly enough about any of them to, to uh, risk burning a timeout over. Bogdanovich on defense, the way he competed against LeBron at times. Yeah, he's you know we that's one of the things we keep challenging him on. He he can he he's a he's a, an ultra competitor. I thought he did a great job, more so in the second half, um, being active. He's smart. He has long arms. He gets deflections. Um, but yeah, that's something we're on him about. You know, we need him to be one of those guys for us that is out there making defensive plays as well as as offensive plays. And uh, I thought. Considering that's probably, you know, the toughest matchup you're going to get in this league, I thought he did a pretty good job when he had his minutes on. What was it like for you to get the reception you got and be coaching a competitive game like this against the former team? It was fun. This is I love this. Why this job is is fun. It's stressful. It's it's hard. But, you know, this is what you, as, as a competitor, you, you love to do. And uh, to be back in you know, your old building and playing against a team you used to coach and play for is uh, it's it's. It's uh, it's exciting. Um, again, it sucks that we didn't come out with the outcome we wanted, but I'm really, I'm very pleased with the effort and the way that we played the game tonight. Even down the body. 
I think as a Kings fan, you should probably be pleased with the uh, with the effort. This was the, the the Kings are the best team. Uh, excuse me, the the Lakers are the best team in the Western Conference. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. They they're they're the best defensive team in the NBA. And the Kings kind of matched them defensive for possession for defensive possession as best as they could. Uh, and it's difficult to match them offensive possession for offensive possession when you're uh, you're down De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you're down Marvin Bagley. Uh, you're 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 relying on Bogey to carry the scoring on a night after night basis. You're relying on Buddy Hill to carry the scoring on a night after night basis. By the way, you heard uh, Katie Hunter address the uh, the coaches' challenges there at the end of the coaches' reviews or whatever they're called. My new favorite tradition during Kings games is watching Buddy Heald completely overreact to some sort of play and beg for a coaches' review. You heard Katie mention the. Um, the, the the kind of the driving layup in which it, it, it that actually did look like Buddy get, got fouled, uh, and it, he immediately does. It's like a wide receiver who feels like they were interfered with, and after every play that they don't catch the ball, they start they start making the motion to throw the flag. I feel like three, four, five times a game now, Buddy Heald is making that stupid twirly finger motion uh, to get Luke Walton to. Review a call, and I feel like Luke was doing it like at the beginning of the year. He's like, wait, but he's saying review the call. I'm throwing the challenge flag or whatever you do in, in basketball. And I I still I, I still don't think I've seen one of those overturned. Like, I, I still don't think the refs have gone to the, at least not in a game I've watched, where the refs have gone to the cameras and go, oh, my bad. We're, we're going to fix that. I still haven't seen that in an NBA game. And I love Luke's explanation as to why he didn't do it. Uh, why he in in even on the last one, Buddy is screaming, uh, the the three point attempt, or I think it was a three point attempt where Anthony Davis challenged it. He's waving his finger in the air like challenge it. Uh, Anthony Davis tipped it, and then you go to the replay. It's like nah, he didn't tip it, man. You just you took a bad a bad shot that was challenged by a dude significantly bigger than you, and you came up with nothing. I love Luke Walton's explanation there, particularly the part about advancing the ball because that's something you never want to forget about when you get into those one-possession games. You want the ability uh, to advance the ball forward. Uh, the Kings, uh, they kept their composure, as we were noting there, before we went to Luke Walton during these various runs, uh, having a big lead, losing it there in the second quarter. They kept their uh, they kept their composure. They continued to play well in the half court. They took a one-point lead. Uh, into halftime. Overall, I thought it was a really, really good half for the Kings. They had 19 field goals in the first half. They had 14 assists on those 19 field goals, and Buddy led the way uh, with four threes for all of his 12 points. Coming out of the third quarter, the Lakers went up by seven quickly in the third quarter, and then there's a moment that's going to be played for all of eternity. We shoot 38% from downtown. Here comes L. Yeah. Oh, the crowd on their feet. That's what they came to see. If nothing else happens, they're happy now. Indeed. That dunk on Nemanja Bielica is going to be played for a very, very long time. And you always say this. Garrett Temple used to tell us this on the radio all the time. Hey, I'll be that body. I'll be the one who takes the body because that means I got out there and challenged it. But in this case, you could see there was a point where Nemanja stepped in front of LeBron, and it was kind of like, uh-oh, he was going to draw a charge, he realized it was LeBron, and he just kind of had to stand there and take it, and and as I said, and, and this isn't hyperbole, that's a play that is going to be played for a very, very long time, but the Kings continued their solid play there in the third quarter, and, and again, you heard the crowd there on that play, right? They buzzed for about 90 seconds. 
Like the crowd was on its feet. It's one of those moments that just you 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 hear uh, commentators. The, the the arena is buzzing. Yeah, they were, and they were buzzing for quite a while after that. And yet the Kings, they still kept their composure, and that's that's going to be my takeaway from this game. Uh, not the final possession where I think Harrison Barnes should have given the ball back to Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, not the final defensive possession where Harrison Barnes, I guess. You know, well, I, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But that will be my takeaway from this game: is that uh, the Kings kept their composure when LeBron, you know, stepped out there as the fourth quarter got underway. The Lakers had taken a three-point lead into the fourth quarter. LeBron James and the Lakers—they really opened as if they were prepared to take the game over. They went on an 8-0 run. They got going. Yogi Ferrell kind of settled things down a little bit. LeBron got the ball in the next possession. That's when he saw when and Gabriel guard, guarding him, and there was just kind of this moment where it was like, all right. Okay, we know how this ends. We've seen LeBron do this time and time again, and he'd miss a shot. The Kings come back. They would get a basket. LeBron got clumsy on a possession. He was kind of dribbling the ball out in front of him. He sort of lost it, and Bogey just took it. He just took the ball from him. He got a layup on the other end, and an and one made the free throw. And again, it, it, it all falls back into the Kings were able to keep their composure. They absolutely would not go away. The Kings took a lead in this game in the fourth quarter. They were up 85-84 with about six minutes left. Didn't last long, um, but there were there were various plays here. There, there, there's a couple of things that stand out about the final possession. The final defensive possession will note where... Um, actually, let's start with the possession before that, before Harrison Barnes committed that foul when Bogdan Bogdanovich tied the game. There was no movement on the offensive end. And I don't know if the call was just give the ball to Bogey and everybody stand around, but that's exactly what the Sacramento Kings did. It was virtually Bogdan Bogdanovich against the Los Angeles Lakers and Bogdan Bogdanovich won in that situation. So just keep that in the back of your mind here for a second or hell, keep it in the front of your mind. Bogdan Bogdanovich versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Go back and watch that, that second to last offensive possession for the Sacramento Kings. They were not moving. They collectively, the Sacramento Kings, they were not moving. It was just Bogey with the ball looking to create. He did. He tied the game. The next offensive possession for the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers walked the ball up the floor. Uh, LeBron James uh, starts to make a move. Uh, the game's tied here at this point. He tar- starts to make a move to the basket with about five seconds left. And Harrison Barnes fouls him. Now, is that a, it was a, it was kind of a weird foul call and... As I've noted in the past, I, I generally watch the game with the sound down because it forces me to pay closer attention. So I'm, I'm looking at this kind of confused because LeBron's going to the free throw line. So I turn the volume up and hear Doug Christie reference. I don't really know what happened there, except I think maybe Harrison Barnes thought the Kings had a foul to give and they very much did not, which would explain why Harrison Barnes kind of immediately turned towards the bench and he's looking at Luke Walton. And I don't know what that dialogue was. I don't know what that exchange was. But if Harrison Barnes thought they had a foul to give, that would explain his immediate reaction when he saw LeBron James walking to the foul line. So that was the final defensive possession for the Sacramento Kings. The final offensive possession, obviously, LeBron made the two free throws. Um, it looked like it's a play for, you know, this. I guess this is, this is the run-pass option, to put it in NFL terms. We see it all the time. The inbounder gets the ball back and creates the play. Well, 
Bogdan Bogdanovich taking the ball out, goes to Harrison Barnes. It looks like there is nothing but daylight for Harrison Barnes to get the ball back and repeat the highlight that has been shown all day from last year when Bogdan Bogdanovich beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Instead, Harrison turns, slips, uh, has no momentum carrying himself to the basket. Anthony Davis, you know, he jumps and he, you know, he does put his hands forward. It's not in the straight up and down position. He does put his hands forward, but all he does is catch his ball because Harrison, he had no shot there because he had no balance and he's jumping with no spring in his legs. And Anthony Davis had no problem blocking that ball. So with all sorts of things that went wrong in about the final six seconds for Harrison Barnes, again, my argument based on what we saw just one possession earlier, when the entire Sacramento Kings offense was standing around, when, when, when the other four members of the Sacramento Kings offense was standing around and Bogdan Bogdanovich was controlling everything and it was Bogdan Bogdanovich against the Lakers and Bogey won, yeah, sign me up for that one more time. Like we just saw it work. Let's see it one more time. And if you're going to have Harrison Barnes take the final shot, I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm just not against the way I'm just not I'm I'm against asking him to do something that you know maybe isn't his specialty. Like Harrison Barnes penetrating to the basket trying to create a shot with Anthony Davis down there. I don't know about that. And I and and I was watching this play as Luke Walton was talking there. Uh, I was watching the play back on my computer thinking and I noticed that Nemanja Bjelica wasn't in the game. And it feels like wouldn't you want and maybe he was lined up in a place where I just didn't see him, but it didn't look, I don't think Belly was out there on the final possession. Wouldn't you want him out there? Wouldn't that immediately draw Anthony Davis? Because he was just camped out, he being Anthony Davis. He was just camped out waiting for someone to uh, to come to the basket because I'm assuming that the Lakers remember vividly what Bogdan Bogdanovich did last year. And I assume they were under the thinking of, we're the best team in the Western Conference. This team right now is a couple of games below 500. We're at home. They've got the best team in the NBA coming up on Sunday. They're going to try to win this game, and they're going to try to win it right now. The last thing that they want to do is tie this game. They're shooting a three. And I would bet there was no one in the arena more surprised than Anthony Davis when he saw Harrison Barnes coming towards him, especially when you consider the fact that there was no one like, once Harrison Barnes penetrated to the basket, once Harrison Barnes turned, you know, he slipped. He was committed. There really wasn't anything else he could do. There wasn't an open man in the quarter. Once once he was there, like, that was it. I, I mean, I think there's going to probably wind up being Zapruder film of that play put all over social media over the course of the next 24 hours by Kings fans, by Lakers fans, maybe by the NBA, maybe just by NBA fans. I don't think LeBron touched him. I think he just turned and tripped. And then if LeBron caught the back of his foot, like is is an inadvertent trip, like is that is that a foul call in that position? I don't know. I mean, we I still don't like the call of Harrison Barnes, even if he has full momentum, even if he has full strength going to the basket. Because Luke Walton says, oh, he, if, if he doesn't trip, he's, he's, he's going to the basket and he's getting a dunk. No, he's not. He's not getting a dunk because Anthony Davis is down there. I don't know. He's certainly not getting what whatever that was that he wound up putting up there. But he's not getting a dunk. I still don't like the play. The play should have been for Bogey. We, we just saw what Bogey did. Bogey was the reason that the Kings were in a position to win that game there in the fourth quarter. Not Buddy. 
De'Aaron's not there. Bagley's not there. The rest of the team had kind of kept them afloat, but it was bogey. I told you, when we gave you bogey's stat line of 18 points just a minute ago, it, it was those were the most 18 impactful points imaginable. Like, they came at very key points for the Sacramento Kings. Uh I, I wouldn't I'm 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 not down on this game at all. This is this is a this was a tough game for the Sacramento Kings. They've got another tough one coming up on Sunday when they take on the Boston Celtics, uh, who I think they're they lost their first game of the season. They haven't lost since. Uh, they beat the Golden State Warriors tonight at Oracle. Uh, a couple of other notes from around the NBA: the Washington Wizards. Beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 137 to 116. I only bring that game up because Bradley Beal had 44 points tonight. 44 points and 10 assists. Second time in a row. He's the second player in Wizards franchise history with multiple streaks of 40 point games. Who does he join on the list? <laughs> Believe it or not, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Uh, it's his third career game with 40 points and 10 assists. It's the Wizards, so no one really cares. But he is having a just—he's having a really incredible season. Uh, nothing along the lines, though, of what James Harden is. Is the Rockets? Uh, they beat the Pacers tonight, one eleven to one o two. James Harden, and it feels like this is becoming very regular when talking about James Harden. Forty-four points, eight rebounds, five assists. He has twenty points in five consecutive halves. That's tied for the third longest streak over the last 20 years because there are streaks for everything. It's Harden's 53rd game uh, with 45 and 5. That is fourth most in NBA history. Russell Westbrook, he added 17, 8, and 6. Uh, he is shooting 27%. He being Russell Westbrook, he is 11 of 41, shooting 27% in the last two games. And remember Ben McLemore? Kings fans, remember that guy? He had 21 points tonight. He was 4 of 11 from three-point range. Again, the Rockets beat the Pacers tonight, 111-102. A quick programming note. I think I referenced this on the last podcast. I do want to reference it uh, one more time here for you. The Sacramento Kings will take on the Boston Celtics in the middle of the afternoon, 1230 on Sunday. Uh, I will not have a post-game show for you. Uh, after that game, I'm going to be at that game at the Golden One Center. I'm going to be there with a lot of family and friends as well uh, as the Celtics are in town. Again, if you know, you know. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Uh, I got to get Brewski on the line here. Uh, step away from these post-game shows for a night and 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 talk to Brewski for a little bit. So we'll try to arrange that next week. I know the Kings got another tough matchup against the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure the Kings are looking for a little bit of retribution after that opening night loss against them, but the, the Phoenix Suns continue to play good ball, so it's not going to get any easier for the Sacramento Kings as they roll along, but I'm confident, and I'm usually not the overly optimistic guy. I'm not the one who takes away moral victories, and I'm not going to call this game that they had tonight against the uh, uh, against the, the Los Angeles Lakers any sort of moral victory, but I thought that they played pretty well, and I thought they played pretty well on the defensive end. It was just a couple of mistakes here and there that ultimately caught, cost them you know, the victory, it's those couple of mistakes that are the difference between playoff teams and non-playoff teams. Uh, but I'm walking away feeling pretty good. You know, looking at the last six games uh, in terms of the body of work for the Sacramento Kings, I feel pretty good about the direction that they're going. I'm still not sure what kind of team that they are. But there's starting to be, you know, a pretty good amount of evidence that says the Kings are a good defensive team, which is baffling. 
Like, that is absolutely astonishing to stay out loud. And, of course, we're grading on a little bit of a curve. Maybe the best way for me to state it is the Sacramento Kings are a good defensive team compared to what they used to be. As a matter of fact, you could probably go a step further and say the Sacramento Kings are a significantly better team defensively than they used to be. But will it amount to wins? Will they be able to shut down the Boston Celtics coming up on Sunday? That's the next game at 1230. We'll be back uh, sometime next week, certainly on Tuesday with the postgame edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast. As I mentioned, we'll try to get Brewski on the show. Uh, we appreciate you so much for tuning in uh, and being a part of what we're doing here. If you're not yet a subscriber, please become one. If you haven't yet rated or reviewed the show, uh, please do that. We would greatly appreciate it. Tell all your Kings fans about us. Tell all your NBA friends about us, and we'll be back here next week with more of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network.